Well, a very big hello, everyone. I'm Duncan Dornoff, and welcome to episode 65 of the Tasmanian Harness Highlights podcast. Plenty to look forward to this weekend in Tasmania. It's a little bit wet, but we are off to Burnie on Friday night. There is a precautionary track inspection at 12.30 this afternoon uh, to inspect the uh, Wybenhoe circuit, so uh, keep across Tasmania Racing social media channels. No doubt industry participants will... uh, Get the verdict of that via a text message. And we also race in Hobart on Sunday night with nine races. We'll look at those meetings shortly. We'll look back at Hobart and Launceston, who raced last weekend. But we're going to kick off the podcast with the exciting news that Taz Racing has secured a slot for the first three years of the world's richest harness race, the $2.1 million Tab Eureka, which will be held at Menangle on September 2, 2023. Uh, Menangle's not locked in as the venue. The uh, race will rotate through different parts of Australia. I'm not sure how that process uh, will be determined, but the exciting news for Tasmania to gain a slot of, uh, course, uh, it's a similar style to the uh, thoroughbred race, the Everest, which has been a huge success, as has the Phoenix which is a greyhound race held at the Meadows. Of course, New Zealand started their own slot racing, harness racing, uh, with the um, very plain name, The Race, and uh, that's been very successful in New Zealand. So hopefully this event will also be successful in Australia and Taz Racing, one of the 10 to secure a slot other slot holders include Tabcorp, who are the naming rights uh, partner of the Eureka, Wayne Loder, a prominent uh, figure in New South Wales, Cordina Racing, also New South Wales-based, Kevin and Kay Seymour up in Queensland, Danny Zavitanos in Victoria, Soho Standardbreds from WA, Aaron Bain Racing and Summit Bloodstock. Of course, Aaron Bain based in South Australia and Summit Bloodstock, uh, well represented throughout Australia, including Tasmania, racing many horses with the Yole Stable, uh, racing Queensland, and John Singleton, a prominent figure, who actually started in harness racing before switching to the thoroughbred code. So they are the 10 slot holders. Tas Racing released a statement on Thursday indicating very strongly that it will be a Tasmanian bred horse that does represent the Taz Racing slot, uh, how that horse is selected, still being determined, whether that is a qualification race or series, or maybe just a group to select the best one. We all know with horses, they can have an off day or you could cop a check on the first corner. So if you have a qualification race, you may not get the best horse. So uh, no doubt there's a lot of water to go under the bridge with that. And I look forward to seeing what the team at Taz Racing come up with. And no doubt they'll be in consultation with the Harness Industry Forum group. So looking forward to the Eureka, and it's still a year away. Let's look a little bit closer to home and recap Hobart, who raced on Friday night. Ben Yol, the standout performer there, the training quartet, Tarleton, Riley, Macangelo, Turquoise, Strider, Montana, Flash, Dylan Ford with a driving double. He scored on the Tony Peterson prepared two-year-old Fire, Cracker, Nola, and then the Steve Lukak trained Donnie in Paris. Good to see Murray back in the winner's list for trainer-driver Gavin Kelly and IC Double also back in the winner's list for Todd Rattray and Ivan Bellman. From a sectional perspective, military man, the quickest last half of the meeting in 57.49. Turquoise stride, 57.61. Vivid stride, 57.84.
Murray, 57.87, and Keith Plain ran his last half in 57.89. The main meeting of the week was held in Launceston on Sunday night. It was show cup night, and the action got underway with a uh, three-year-old event for horses rated no higher than 56, also eligible three-year-old and older paces with no more than two lifetime wins. It was taken out by the race favourite, all for Dave, Tammy Langley and Dylan Ford kicking off their night uh, on a winning note. All for Dave. Uh, won his first two starts. He got to a high national rating and back into his own age group. That uh, proved too good for his rivals. Of course, he uh, raced up outside the leader and was uh, too strong for Miss Pappenhausen over the concluding stages. Big Boy Mal in fifth spot, the quickest last half in that race, 57.01, 29.01, his closing section. Race two in the program was a uh, rating 70 to 79 event where we saw Rock and a Hard Place uh, resume. He was first up since May 22, had the pole draw, used it to advantage to lead and hold out Buster William. And uh, Rock and a Hard Place uh, had the uh, toughness on his side to record his 10th career win. And he's edging closer to breaking the $100,000 barrier in prize money. Takes his earnings up to just over 95000 he was too good for Buster William and Eureka. Young Rooster fourth was the quickest last half in that race. 56.97 and 28.64 on the way home. The third event was a rating 58 to 63 event over the 1680 metre journey. Had a tough win by Lalassa here from the Todd Rattray stable. She's now won uh, five from 17 and that was her fourth win of the season. She's by Better's Delight from Fusiana, four-year-old mare. So no doubt the Granny Smith will be in uh, mind for connections there in a tough performance as a touch run up outside the leader, proving too good for Beast Mode, who started the race favourite. From a sectional perspective, he's Razor Sharp, finished 10 metres behind the winner and recorded a last half mile of 55.94 and 28.68. was also the quickest last quarter of that race, where they ran a mile rate of 156.6. Race four was a no more than two lifetime win event for the Phillies and Mares, and it was Todd Rattray again with Carol's Judge, who started uh, from a wide draw in the second row. Todd was able to settle five back the market pegs and weave the passage through to pick up Living on Prayer, by a half head and Lafonda stablemate to the winner. Uh, a pretty brave performance finishing in third spot. Uh, it was Carol's judge. Uh, second win of the season at start seven and recorded the quickest last half of 58.16 and 28.7, also the quickest last quarter of that event. The quaddy kicked off with race five. South Shore sent out the $2.20 favourite from the pole draw and was able to utilise that to full advantage to lead and it was always holding the late challenge of Cool Scooter over the concluding stages. South Shore's been raced in good form, winning three of his past four. And uh, certainly a horse going through the rating system in fine style. From the sectionals, Lavros Midas Touch, who finished in eighth spot, got home in 57.09, while True Stepper, who finished fourth, was the quickest last quarter of that event in 27.76. Race 6 was the feature of the Tasmanian Horse Transport Show Cup. It was taken out by B-Major Threat, Dylan Ford, driving for Tammy Langley, so a double for that combination on the card. Uh, Dylan was able to find the early lead before tapping the brakes. 
and he made it a solid affair from the winning post time, the last three quarters of the race, 30.1, 28, and 28.4. I did have a chat with uh, Dylan for an article on the Taz Racing website. Uh, He didn't think he was going as slow as he did early, 47.4 and 32.3 for the first quarter, but he knew he ran a solid first 300 metres to find the lead. So once he got it so cheap, he decided to make it a staying test, and he was able to outstay the race favourite, Harjeet, by a half-head margin. Aha Reaction finished second last, but recorded his last half mile in 55.92 and the quickest last quarter of the race, 27.93, and a race with a dash time in 56.4. Race 7, it was Todd Rattray in the winner's list again with a training treble. It was Liam Older, the concession driver for the stable, taking the reins aboard Lancelot, who uh, raced back into winning form, recording win 7 at start 23, He's a Tazbred four-year-old gelding, so the Raider stakes, no doubt, on the cards uh, for this pacer, who uh, was well-driven by Liam inside of a second row. He drove for luck, uh, three back the marker pegs, and he was able to weave a passage through from around the 500-metre mark to defeat We Salute You by one and a half metres. From a sectional perspective, We Salute You 56.63 and 27.85, the quickest last half and quarter of the race. The quaddy ended with race eight and a blanket finish here. The official margins were a short half head by a short half head in the favour of To The Lookout with a last stride win to make it back-to-back wins after a win in Hobart back on September 25 and uh, picked up Queen of Dance right on the line. Queen of Dance uh, just continues to run second. I think that's around four second placings in a row for her. Uh, but uh, all honours with two of a lookout, uh, getting the job done by the uh, narrowest of margins. Uh, the quickest last half of that race, 57.98, recorded by Seahawk, while the fastest last quarter was to the winner into the lookout, 29.01. Bronte Miller with the winning drive there. And we rounded out the night with a trainer's encouragement pace taken out by Bridwood Bella, who was sent out as the $1.60 favourite, settled uh, back in the field, and it uh, was too quick for a rival's late running pass. Forgot the wallet. There was nine metres between them at the business end of the race. Uh, they ran a mile rate of two minutes and three tenths of a second. The last half uh, leader to win a 56.7. But Bridwood Bella, her own last half was 56.63, 27.18, her individual quarter. And, of course, ends a frustrating run of second placings to get the job done nicely there in the last event. So that was a look back at what was a good night's racing there in Launceston. You can certainly tell that uh, the summer features aren't far away with a number of nice races for several of those uh, winners to be aimed at, of course. Uh, We touched on a few horses to be aimed at the Sire Stakes Series, a number of free-for-allers getting ready for races such as the Golden Apple, Hobart Cup and Devonport Cup. Uh, The Danbury Park Cup also in there as well. That's... uh, in late December this year, which I think is a good move by the Launceston Pacing Club because uh, the Golden Apple's in early December and traditionally Hobart had their carnival with the Hobart Pacing Cup and the Tasmanian Championship. Of course, those races moved, but no sort of feature races took their place. So the Launceston Pacing Club moved their Danbury Park Cup meeting into that back half of December. And then in January, we've got the Devonport Cup and Hobart Cup, both... uh, $40,000 listed events 
in early January. So plenty for the open class horses to contest over the summer months where you do want some decent races because it's a nice weather and a chance for the public to get out and about. There's no AFL on and uh, not a lot for the harness racing to clash with. So really looking forward to that period with the open class ranks this weekend interstates. I was surprised to see Isaiah in at Menangle after being informed that the pacer had been retired, but obviously there's been a change of mind there. So he lines up in the free-for-all on Saturday night, but all eyes will be at Melton because it is a bumper night of racing. Four Group 1s, three Group 2s, three Group 3s, the Victoria Cup, Derby and Oaks, the feature races on that program. Uh... Tasmanian named pace and moments like these lines up in the open class mares race. Longfellow lines up in race five, of course. He's Tasmanian bred his first up since his Easter Cup win. The Victoria Cup sees Max Delight go round, of course, raced by Mick Maxfield. And Joe and Joe lines up in race nine, which is uh, the Victorian Oaks part owned by Warren Viney. Uh, of course, a, a Tasmanian based uh, owner in several horses across uh, Tasmania and the mainland, so we wish all them the very best at Melton on Saturday night and extended coverage on free-to-air channel 68 of that uh, Melton meeting. Let's take a break. We'll preview the meeting in Hobart and uh, hopefully find some winners for Bernie. TazRacing.com.au's new Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian harness racing. Subscribe to the ultimate Tasmanian form source today. Form Plus Pro by TazRacing.com.au Welcome back to the podcast. Well, we've got two meetings in the state this weekend. Of course, Bernie race tonight and then again on Sunday we head down to Hobart where we've got a nine-event program. And joining us on this week's podcast to have a chat about their chances is Ryan Backhouse. Uh, Ryan, welcome to your first podcast. Good day, Doug. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, before we have a look at your drives in Hobart, just want to get to know you a little bit better. You're, you're 16 years of age and the surname Backhouse was a, a familiar name back in the mid-90s. So how do you sort of fit into the family connection there? Uh, well, Dad used to do driving as hobby back in the day and um, I also used to do the pony trots which was a, a good thing for me back then because it taught me the things that I need to be teached. Yeah, certainly a, a good grounding through through the mini trotters. Uh, getting involved in the race, was that something you always wanted to do? Um, yeah, I think it was from back when I was younger. I've always said to mum and dad that I wanted to be involved in horse racing so it was pretty good. And who's a, a number of participants that have helped you get to the stage where you are at now? Uh, it'd be definitely uh, Tammy and Pencil and uh, AD Duggan, he's also one. And you got, uh, there's just a few that really want to name them all because I'll probably forget a few of them. Yeah, that always happens when you've got a long list of people that have been a good support for you. Uh, You've been having a frustrating run of uh, driving horses finishing in second spot, so hopefully that can end with a winner in Hobart on Sunday night. Let's have a, a chat about some of your chances. A Shantae Queen in the opening race is from the respected Tony Peterson stable. Uh, what did you make of the debut fourth in Hobart back on September 30? Yeah, well, I thought it was very good. Uh, she's been trialling good, and I thought um, we got a little bit of luck from the draw, then she might have been running on, which we, 
we got a little bit of luck up the inside, but there wasn't just enough room for her to get through. And she was still running home okay, which was I thought was good. And uh, if she gets a little bit of luck this week, she'll be thereabouts. Right, hey, let's go to uh, your next drive, which is in race two. It's aboard Major Lester from the uh, Benyol Stable. This pace has been racing well without winning his past couple in saying that he was a winner five starts back. But uh, it was, I thought it was a pretty good second behind Colby Sands' last start, of which he was in the sulky form. Yeah, I thought um, when I drove him that night, he was uh, very strong because we uh, led Colby Sands up and... We had to do all the work, and I thought he was still very strong to the line as well. So if he gets his chance this week and gets the card up, I reckon he'll be there about again. Right, Owen, in race three, you've got the driver board. Uh, Captain Cosmonaut, he's been mixing his form a little bit of uh, late, uh, a disappointing effort last start, but some placings prior to that, and uh, you should get a cheap run there from inside of the second row. Yeah, it'll be good if the one holds up because I'll be able to just hopefully keep the ones back and just get a nice cheeky run in behind them. And if I get that, then hopefully he'll be thereabouts as well. We kick off a quaddy with race five where you take the reins on Maley J Eagle. Of course, she was in the sulky for his last start second in the uh, spring championship final when uh, only defeated a half head. Yeah, I thought he was good that run. Um, it was good when uh, the Ricky's horse galloped because I was being able to slot him behind the leader, which uh, helped him get a nice cosy run. And uh, when he saw the gap, he just sprinted, which was good, and he only just got narrowly de- defeated. Uh, from the draw on Sunday, were you sort of hoping to settle? Uh, well, I hope in front. Hopefully he can uh, spear the lids across and uh, cross them all from in front, and hopefully he's in front tracking along. Right, eh? you sit out race six, race seven. You've got the drive aboard Mac Brilliance. He's got a wide draw to contend with here. Yeah, um, he hasn't been going too bad, uh, but I think the wide draw that we'll see him go back and hopefully just duck up the fence for a bit of cover or just get around a couple of horses and just hopefully be running onto the line. And your last drive of the night's in race eight aboard foregone conclusion in what looks to be an open race. Yeah, I thought uh, from the three draw, I thought he'd be uh, have every chance. Um, he's been racing okay. When uh, he raced really good down here, when Mark Yole drove him, and I think if he gets that um, luck again uh, Sunday, I reckon he'll be thereabouts. A number of good chances for you, particularly in the early part of that program, Ryan. Who do you think your best winning chance is? Um. I'll have to say mainly Jay Eagle. Right, he's race uh, five at number four. And before I let you go, what is your future plans within the harness racing industry? Would you like to look at training down the track uh, or would you like to try and dip your toe in the water across Bass Strait? Sort of what's on the radar for you? Um, well, I'll see where my driving gets me to start off with, but hopefully I can try um, across the Bass Strait. If not, I'll be here driving and I'll probably end up getting into training as well. Well Ryan all the best on Sunday night, I think your driving's really improved for the last uh, three or four months and uh, hopefully another winner's not too far away and appreciate the time on this week's podcast. Beautiful thanks Dunk. Thanks to Ryan Backhouse for making his debut on the podcast uh, today let's have a look at Bernie tonight, 6.19 the first of eight races at the time of recording, all races scheduled for Sky Racing 2. 
As far as some specials for that Bernie program go, the first of mine appear in race number two with Juniper. She's got a handy standing start record, nine starts, two wins and three placings. She's been racing well of late. And over the 1892-metre distance, if she's able to lob on top, she should take a little bit of catching. Also don't mind in race five, at number four, Tarleton Riley, a last start standing start winner. He's proved himself over this longer distance range at Burnie in the past, and I think uh, is a, uh, another horse we should consider having a wager on. So race uh, five, number four, the two specials for the meeting in Burnie. Hobart race on Sunday night, nine races from 5.44. Race one is set down for Sky Racing 2 at the time of recording the remainder of the card on Sky Racing 1. Let's have a look at the quaddy legs. I think we can kick it off with a special with Maley J Eagle in the first leg of a quaddy, race five, number four. Thought this pace was very good in that spring championship final uh, back on September 3. Hasn't been seen since. Has won two of 11 and has done a nice job in his career to date. Brian Backhouse booked for the drive. And uh, from barrier number four, in a race where I didn't think there was a lot of gate speed underneath, there's a few that have got plenty of toe, but I think Maley J Eagle could find the top here and could give them something to chase and gets him well at the national ratings. If you take out all for Dave and Leonard Skinner to a 66 and 59 respectively from second row draws this pace, uh, uh when you look at the front row horses, gets in very nicely. So I'm going to put Maley J Eagle as one of my specials over the stablemate all for Dave. Good win last week and is a horse that I've got a bit of time for. 11 Leonard Skinner was a good win at uh, his Australian debut. Showed good speed to lead and did run away with the prize late, uh, scoring quite easily. And at number 12, Gord of Esculis uh, rounds out my top four. So four, eight, 11 and 12. Race 6 is over 2,090 metres, rating 65 to 74 event. Ilac Beach was a brilliant win in a $20,000 final here on September 3. Hasn't been seen since, but flew out to lead easily from gate 6 and was always holding his rivals. A few runs prior to that, he'd had the two in the state where the jury was probably out where he was, but he showed his back to his best and, of course, he had that preparation at New South Wales, which no doubt he would have took a lot of benefit from. And uh, from the draw, I think he can win again. Jaw Breaker comes back from the show cup at his most recent starter winner here in Hobart. Three starts to go and uh, give, the draw gives Rowan Healy plenty of options early. Ten Wee Salute, has been racing well. And at six, Buster Williams never far away. So three, one, ten, six, race six. Race seven. Is over the mile for the uh, four-year-old and older mares rated between 40 and uh, 55. 2, 12, 9, 1, my numbers here. I've gone the way of Luby Lombo, who was checked on the home turn in Launceston last start. Placed the start prior in Launceston. The race won by Most Perfect Major, where she settled 1-1 and tried hard late. There have been her only two runs back from a spell uh, from the good draw over the sprint trip. I think she's the way to go. Over 12, Queen of Dance has just been running second place in beaten right on the line after racing three wide for the final 900 metres in Launceston last week. It has been runner-up in two of six here in Hobart. Number nine is Miss and Rock, who's been racing consistently. And the interesting runner in this race is number one, Blackbird Miss, 
Uh, of course, started her career in Tasmania. Connections uh, sent her to Victoria, I presume, for a, a big bread bonus. Uh, was a Shepparton winner in early February. First up since March 10. Couldn't find any recent trials for her, but from the pole draw should be respected. So 2, 12, 9 and 1, my number's in race 7. And we ran out the quad in Hobart with a rating 50 to 53 event for the claiming novice drivers over 2,090 metres. Uh, another tricky race to round out the uh, quaddy four, six, one, and two. My numbers. I've gone the way of C uh, Hawk, a winner here in Hobart three starts ago. Placed in two runs since, was inclined over the race, but kept grinding away to just miss in the race one by two. The look at in Launceston last start, and uh, gets the nod for me over six to the lookout, who's won his past two and has a wide draw to contend with. At number one is TJC. Uh, he faced the breeze for the final 1,500 metres last time out, comes up with the pole draw and gives uh, Bronte Miller a number of options. And Vigoroso rounds out my top four selections. Of course, has the services of a state's leading rainsman, Mitch Ford. So four, six, one, two in a leg of the quad, he would have to play wide as well. My best for Hobart was in the first leg of the quaddy with Maley J Eagle, so hopefully we can skinny that leg up. Uh, if you do take that pace of one out in the quaddy, you could probably pay just to have a saver quaddy with eight and 11 uh, on that Hobart card, but a number of races to look forward to there, including race four where we see Sunny Sands return and take on a nice uh, field of progressive paces and uh, a nice two-year-old race to kick off the card as well. So looking forward to that Hobart meeting as I am Bernie on uh, Friday night. I look forward to recapping it with you on the podcast next week. And uh, enjoy your harness racing, particularly that big program at Milton on Saturday night.